When these high school students look down from the dome, they see live heart surgery. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special Clinician's Roundtable series on children's health. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is registered nurse Patricia Seifert, the education coordinator for the Cardiovascular Operating Room at Inova Heart and Vascular Institute in Falls Church, Virginia. Ms. Seifert, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Summarize the Looking Down from the Dome program. Well, we started encouraging visitors to observe our cardiac surgery. And cardiac surgery, as everybody knows, is glamorous and easy and lots of fun. And it's a, a wonderful hook, if you will, for teaching people about healthcare in general. And we would have visitors individually come into our OR, nursing students, medical students. But we formalized it into a program when we constructed an observation dome. And with the uh, support and strong encouragement of Dr. Edward Lefrac, who really wanted to push heart health, and particularly with students, we put together a program, and in 2002, actually, we formally uh, initiated a protocol for a pre-post test so that we could measure what these students had learned. And so since then, we've had really, actually, since 2000, we've had over 25,000 visitors, and uh, they, from certainly from the feedback that we've received from the students themselves as well as the faculty members, it's been really a great success. And I would say that it's also been a wonderful way to demonstrate the value of everybody on a surgical team. And that is something that, because the OR is such a kind of a secret place, it really is uh, great for all of us to be able to um, talk to students and their adult um, handlers, if you will, what it is that nurses do and cardiovascular technologists and perfusionists and various anesthesia personnel, as well as the great work that surgeons do. What do students report they like most about the program? It's an eye-opener, if you will. Many of them are very awed. That awesome is a word that you see frequently, and there are many thank you notes. They're wonderful about writing these great notes. But they're awed by the technology. They're awed by, you know, Shakespeare said, what a piece of work is man. And truly, when you're looking down and you see how, at least in the chest, how everything has a place and there's a place for everything and you see the the manipulation, if you will, of of the, the organs and whatnot and you see the smoothness of what is being done and the grace, if you will. It really is quite a graceful kind of surgery. And the students, I think, are very impressed. It's sort of like a completely secret universe that they never knew about, and why would they? I mean, the ORs are pretty private places. So between the technology, what it is that the individuals do, that there is a vulnerable person there that we're taking care of. I mean, there's probably nothing more being more vulnerable than being asleep in an OR and having heart surgery, for heaven's sake. So I think that the students are very impressed with the biology, the anatomy, the teamwork, the technology, and, um, you know, many things that they wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to appreciate. Who are the program staff members? The program is... Now, essentially, there are a couple of nurses that do the main teaching. The program is guided somewhat by a research protocol that we developed in 2002, 
and Dr. LaFrac is the primary investigator for that. He takes a very active interest in the program, and he will frequently come and talk with the students. As far operationally, it's the department that we have that actually schedules these because the scheduling has become very, very sophisticated, if you will, because we have a group almost every day, and we frequently run out of dates for people that are interested, so we have to make do. So I would say overall, Dr. LaFrac takes care of it, as well as the staff, the nursing department, and then the individual teachers. Do you find that experiences vary depending on the age and gender of the high schoolers? The age, as far as the measurement and assessment of what they've learned, is we have not really seen major differences. We're looking at approximately 14 to 18 years of age. And looking at the pre- and post-test of that group, we don't see that much difference in the ages. Interestingly, though, we do see some differences in gender. And between the males and the females, we notice that the males seem to know more on their pre-test than the females. But the females learn more, and, and maybe because they have, you know, farther to go, if you will. And so by post-test, they're, they're fairly comparable, actually. And that's pretty much most of the statistics that we collect. And I say that because for our protocol, we wanted to get a waiver of consent for our students. And in order to do that, we could not have any, you know, identifiers for the students. So we don't collect a whole lot of data, if you will, but I will tell you we are starting to think about going beyond and submitting a newer protocol that would enable us to do more longitudinal kinds of things. So there are some differences, but they're they're not huge differences. Ms. Seifert, is there any way to track if students are going into medical fields because of their experience? The medical fields, we do not have a specific tracking system. We do know of two students, nursing students, in the past couple of years that were DOME attendees and did go to nursing school. We are certain, but we don't have the evidence that there are more. In fact, one of those students, nursing students, is on our staff now, and she is was a brand-new graduate. She had been to the Dome and then joined us, and was she saw the surgery, and she, she must have said, well, that's what I want to do. So she graduated and then joined our fellowship for the cardiovascular operating room, and she finished that fellowship a year ago. She's already co-authored an article on atrial fibrillation, and she was chosen the best new graduate of the year, so we are blessed, definitely. We have had, in the notes that the students send to us, we've had many, many mentions of, I'm rethinking about becoming a surgeon, or I'm rethinking about going to medical school. So there's anecdotal data, if you will, but again, because we're prevented, if you will, by the, the protocol of following up with individual students, and in fact, we don't really have a way to track them because we don't identify them that way. We only have the schools. We don't really have specific data, and it it would be very good to have that. I, I would agree. How do you handle HIPAA and informed consent issues? Well, as I mentioned, we have every patient as part of the multiple consents, of course, nowadays, but one of the consents that they must give is uh, to be in the observation operating room, in other words, the room below the observation dome. 
And we have had, uh, not very many times, but in my experience, uh, we've had maybe a couple of patients that did not want to be observed, and we respected that. We put them, we have multiple ORs, so we put them into another OR that was not the observation dome. If there was nothing else, we wouldn't have anybody in the dome. So we're very, very strict about that consent of the patient. We're also extremely strict about not allowing anybody into the dome room when the patient is recognizable, particularly when they're naked, you know, when, say, the urinary drainage catheter is being inserted or central lines or something like that. So we do not allow anybody in there when the patient's recognizable. And, in fact, we only have students come in, and we have an adjacent classroom, and that's where they'll sit and and get some information, uh, generic information about the background of the patient, but not any identifiers, and the nurse will confirm that the patient is draped, and that's only after then will students be allowed into the observation dome. Do other hospitals offer this program? You know, I did a Google search a while ago on that because we wanted to see what else was out there. Our program allows students to observe the surgery directly. We do not charge anything. I mean, there's, there's you know, no cost whatsoever. And we have the structured program where we you know, do the pre-test, the post-test, and we teach them about the specifics that are covered in the test. I have not found any other program like that. I have seen other programs that maybe are video links, or have, you know, hooked up somehow to a camera into an operating room or something like that, but nothing like ours where you can watch directly and you have a a docent, if you will, the nurse educator, uh, talking about the surgery and and, uh, the various aspects of it. So, in fact, I would love to know if there's another program. I gave a talk about this to a fairly large group of people at a national meeting of operating room people, perioperative nurses, and uh, many of them came up to me and said, how could I do that? We don't have a dome. I didn't have anybody, you know, again, talk or say that they had something similar. And again, that's anecdotal, but it's great for many reasons. What inspired your passion for OR nursing? Oh, I, I think making a difference, uh, particularly in the lives of people who are at Really, they're most vulnerable. There's something about being in surgery and, you know, you're asleep and you're completely alone, kind of, and you could be someone that can not only help them therapeutically, but also bring some sense of caring and compassion and whatnot in a competent kind of way. It's important work. You really are making a difference, and that's, that's a great privilege to be able to make a difference. And I think medicine and nursing in particular, and certainly many others. But I think that's one of the things that is so wonderful about um, our profession. What inspired your passion for teaching high school students? Well, having had high school (laughs) students, and I I like teaching, number one, you know, you're making a different sort of in the life of somebody. And it's, it's not that you're going to make, you know, direct them in any particular direction. But I think it's important for students and it doesn't have to be high school. It could be grammar school or college students. And we have actually have college students that come and spend the semester with us, too. But I think it's important to help people see different facets and learn to make decisions, for example, particularly if you're in healthcare, requires intelligence. It requires honesty. It requires knowing who to talk to. And all of these things, I think, are 
important, particularly with high school students, because although we joke about how they have bad attitudes and, you know, they don't care about anything and learning, that just has not been my my experience, frankly, with my own children or with any of the high school students that I've seen. They're all enthusiastic, but they don't know what they don't know. So what a great opportunity to expand their consciousness and to sort of open up for them a whole new world of learning and service and, you know, all of the the great things that we're privileged to do. Ms. Seifert, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss the Looking Down from the Dome program. Susan, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to a special Clinician's Roundtable Children's Health Program on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.